right, kiddos. Time for another podcast. It's been quite a long time. I am in Pennsylvania, as you know. What is it, the 8th today? Oh, man. Okay, I got here the 6th. I left the 6th. Yeah, I think it's the 8th. 8th of October. Well, anyways, greetings from Pennsylvania. I miss you guys. I really wish I could have brought you all here because we could be having a lot of fun. But all on the same note, uh, Papa Sloganhop hurt his leg, and it's probably good that he doesn't have y'all running around here. He's he's even one step slower than he always is, and uh, hoping we can help him get his leg healed up. Um, yeah, and maybe, maybe next time I can bring some kiddos with me here. Uh, but anyways, I hope you guys are having a good, uh, rest of the school week. It's Friday night here. Um, you guys might be getting ready to make some pizzas right now. It's about 10 p.m. for me, so... Um, anyways, weather's been nice, I fixed the deck, I put another step on, so instead of stepping up onto a rock or two to get onto the deck, there's a, a real wooden step. We took Papa Slog and Hops, one of his, uh, four-wheelers up to the four-wheeler repair place, I put two batteries back in the bulldozer so it runs now. And what else did we do? We went and ate some fish at a restaurant uh, down in East Brady, which is about 15, 20 minutes away. It's it's in a pretty place, but um, I'll tell you right now, the restaurants in Pennsylvania have a lot to be desired. If you guys want to make a lot of money and really impress people, open a new restaurant anywhere in western Pennsylvania and uh, you'll probably be able to retire really fast because dang 95% of the restaurants around here just aren't very good <laughs> uh, yeah and they need an overhaul to the to their facilities and the menu to say the least so the stuff that we cook in in the kitchen are is like way better than most of the restaurants around here so anyways sorry i'm rambling on about restaurants and the bad food you get here in pennsylvania but what i'm trying to say is i miss you guys and i miss mommy too wish we could all be here goofing off but um thank you for working hard at school and for taking care of things while i'm gone I know there's some lessons learned about not plugging up drains, but uh, sometimes we all got to learn those lessons and we'll get it fixed. So I'm just glad nobody's hurt. Don't hurt each other. Be nice to each other and uh, be respectful and kind to each other. And uh, everything will be a-okay. Obey mommy and help her. Don't talk back to her, please. She's my wife, and I really want you to be nice to her. So, 
Hope you had a good week in school. And you're enjoying the start of your weekend. Okay, we're four minutes in. I'm going to stop talking. I look back. The last podcast I did was July 28th. And uh, so it's been over two months since I read to you guys. And it was chapters one and two in this same book, The Prince Warriors. We're at chapter 16 now. It's been kind of slow progress, but hey, I think we had some good excuses. We moved into a new house. I remodeled and you guys helped remodel our old house. You started school and settling into a new neighborhood around new people. I think we had a very busy uh, last eight or nine weeks. So, and we managed to get through first six, first 15 chapters of this book. So I'm proud of us. I'm proud of you guys too. I'm proud of mommy and all the work and change you guys have done over the last nine weeks since I read last. So anyways, we're in chapter 16 and I'll just start right now. Chapter 16 is called the evil prince. Welcome back, warriors. Ruach came through the glittering gate to greet them. Xavier, Evan, and Brianna ran to meet him along with Mr. J. Oh, Mr. J.R. Levi stayed on the ground staring up at the castle in utter disbelief. He was barefoot and one of his arms was still metal all the way up to his shoulder. When he saw Ruach, he put his head down in shame. We are glad to see you, Prince Levi, Ruach said, coming nearer to him. The other kids watched silently. I'm not a prince, Levi said. I don't deserve to be. Son, Mr. J.R. said, kneeling down beside him. Ruach doesn't make mistakes. He called you a prince. Just as he called me a long time ago. Levi noticed for the first time that his father was wearing armor. You? And I messed up worse than you did, believe me. Most people do. But that's the wonderful thing about being a prince warrior of Horatos. Even when you mess up, you can be forgiven. But look at my arm. Levi said forlornly, lifting his heavy metal arm. And my boots, I lost them. His head was hung down so he didn't see Ruach move closer to him, holding a pair of boots, exactly the same as the ones Levi had left behind. Ruach set them before Levi. You mean these? My boots, how did you find them? Levi gasped. They were never lost. You just lost sight of them, Ruach said. I won't do that again, Levi said. He reached for the boots, but his hard gray fingers couldn't grasp them. Let me help you, Ruach said. For the first time, Levi saw a hand emerge from the guide's draped sleeve. At least he 
thought it was a hand, although it glowed silvery, silvery white, the fingers very bright and smooth. The glowing hand touched Levi's metal fingers. He felt a shiver, like a bolt of electricity, pass through his body. He shuddered, but didn't pull his hand away. The metal on his arm felt warm, like it was heating up. It began to glow red and then slowly dissolved, first to a slippery, wet metallic coating, and then to a fine dust that fell away, revealing his own brown skin. All the kids watched in wonder as the pile of metallic dust was carried off by the wind. Levi turned his arm this way and that, flexing his fingers. Thank you, he said. He touched each one of his fingertips, but there remained a small metal knob on the tip of one finger where the ent had bit him. As a reminder, Rewak said, withdrawing his arm. Mr. J.R. bent down to Levi and pulled up his own sleeve. A rusted metal knot about the size of a dime sat a few inches above his elbow. Levi had never seen this scar before. He felt tears spring to his eyes and blink them away, hoping the others couldn't see. Mr. J.R. didn't say anything and just enfolded his son in a big bear hug. I want one too, Brianna said. She ran up to hug Levi as well. Watch out for her, Evan said to Xavier, backing away. She's a hugger. Xavier smiled slightly. Now put on your boots, said Mr. J.R., and don't take them off. Levi put on his boots and stood up unsteadily. The other kids grinned happily. Thanks, all of you, for coming to get me, Levi said. You were really brave. Ah, it was nothing, said Evan. Cake. Yeah, cake, said Xavier. Speaking of cake, Evan said, glancing at Ruwak, is there... Ruwak's hooded head nodded. And ice cream, too, he said, a trace of humor in his usually stern voice. Better get in there before it melts. He spread his arms and the great gate swung open. The four kids raced into the hall where the long table stood loaded with food. It looked as though nothing had yet been eaten. Levi sat down to a huge bowl of ice cream and ate until he felt sick. It was the best feeling. Um, can I ask you a question? Xavier said once they had eaten their fill. The black trees and sinkholes and the sand grobel and the ants, why are they here? I mean, why does the source allow them to exist? Can't he just make them disappear? Can't he destroy Skotos altogether? Ruach was silent for a moment. All the kids watched him, 
It was always difficult to tell what Ruach was actually looking at. Once, he said finally, in a softer, more mellow voice than usual, there was harmony in Ahoratos. A great prince named Poneros had dominion over the kingdom, but he was not content with it. He wanted more. He wanted to usurp the high throne which belonged to the source. He rallied many of the creatures in Ahoratos to his side by telling them they would have more freedom and power if, they, if he were their ruler. Many chose to believe him. Poneros gathered his forces and rebelled against the source. There was a terrible war, and Poneros lost. But instead of destroying him completely, the source revealed his infinite justice, righteousness, mercy, and love by merely banishing him to the other side of the chasm. There, Poneros must stay until the time of the return, the time when the source reveals himself to the whole world. Then there will be a great upheaval, and all those who have chosen Skotos will be destroyed. Poneros knows his time is short, but he still hasn't given up his quest. He's recruited many to his cause. He has taken many prisoners, ruined many lives. The forger that you encountered, Levi, he was one of Paneros's army. There are many more of them that can be counted, and they can take many forms. Yeah, I know, Levi said under his breath. It looked just like me at first. Brianna stared at him. No, it was a metal monster thing. We all saw it. Levi shook his head. When I first saw it, him, he was a kid, and he looked exactly like me, like a clone of me. He had a skateboard. He was wearing my t-shirt. His face and hands, everything was exactly like me. I thought maybe I was imagining things, but then he talked to me in a voice that was just like mine, told me he would help me. He got me to take his hand. The last words were spoken almost in a whisper. The others stood with their mouths agape, unsure of how to respond. Ruwak's hood nodded. The foragers, like their master, are, above all, great deceivers. That is why you must always follow the way of the armor, because sometimes your worst enemy is yourself. The message was clear. Levi couldn't see Ruwak's eyes, but he could feel them turn to him. He nodded slowly. Got that right, he said. But what does this Panaris guy want now? Xavier asked. He knows he can never rule a Hortos, doesn't he? He's already been defeated. 
Yes, you're right, and he knows that too well. His only hope is to turn the whole world against the source. And those like you, who have chosen the way of the armor, he wants to trick and deceive out of experiencing the joy of the victory the source has already won. That's why more warriors are needed to rally against him and his quest. For every victory won here, there is one experienced there on earth. But what can we do? Brianna asked. I mean, we're just kids. It begins with you, Ruach said. He folded his arms into his robes so that he suddenly looked very small again. You must return now. Do not be afraid. Remember, you have everything you need. Ruach turned, the shining white doors opening to let him pass. But will we get to come back? Brianna called after him. And will we get to use swords? Evan added. What about unicorns? Brianna asked. Ruach didn't answer. The gate closed behind him. They all stared at it for a few moments, not knowing exactly what to do next. Brianna was the first to turn around. Look, Brianna said. The table of food was gone. Where'd it go? The kids huddled together, Mr. A.J. with them. The walls seemed to be fading away, melting into the clouds beyond, so that Soon they could see only clouds and light in all directions. The clouds wrapped around them, turning everything white and formless. The whiteness became unbearably bright, as if they were looking into the sun itself. Close your eyes, Mr. J.R. said. So they did. Chapter 17 Back to the beginning. Levi sat up and looked around, blinking. He was sitting on the bench outside the wreck building, watching the skateboarders. His sketchbook was in his hand. He looked up at the sky, and an after-dinner sky. It looked familiar. Was he? Hey, Brianna sat down next to him. He glanced at her but didn't speak. He looked down at his hands, his arms. They looked normal. They felt normal. He held up his fingers, and one of them had something on the tip. He touched it. It was hard, like metal. So that really happened, he said. Yeah. Brianna was swinging her legs and looking listlessly into the distance. But how can it be if we're back before we left? As far as he could tell, the scene in front of him was a repeat of the events earlier that day. I don't know. Time went backward, I guess, Brianna said with a shrug. It happens. It does? She looked at him. 
Why not? She smiled. You okay? Yeah, I guess so. He put his head back against the wall. I really messed up. Brianna thought for a moment about how to respond. Her best friend had made a mistake, but he already knew that. She didn't need to rub it in. So did I, she said after a few seconds. Let Evan right into a Marabunta attack. Without the armor, we probably would have been goners. But you... You figured out how to break the forger's hold on me. Yeah, how about that? Said Brianna with a grin. So we mess up sometimes, but we get another chance. And maybe we shine a little. Levi shook his head. Not me, I'm done. What do you mean? There's no way Ruach would trust me with another mission. Levi, you know that isn't true. He even said so. So did your dad. She paused. Can you even believe your dad is a prince warrior? Yeah, my dad's cool, I guess. They were silent a moment, watching the skateboarders. So, what do we do now? Levi said finally. I think it's time for you to go out there and skate, Rihanna said. And... I go in to decorate, right? Yeah, I guess so, but I don't really feel like skating right now. Too tired? No, but I kind of have a stomachache. Well, you did eat a lot of ice cream. They were interrupted by a commotion from inside. Raucous laughter and shouting. The skateboarders stopped riding and looked around. Some jumped off their boards to see what was going on. That would be Landon and his buddies, Brianna said, a keen sense of deja vu setting in. This is pretty weird, huh? Yeah, Levi said. Guess we need to go in now. Yep. The skateboarders were already running to the building. Levi and Brianna got up and followed them. It was the same sight as the last time. Maybe this was actually the first time. Were they getting a second chance? Levi wasn't sure. He only knew that something had to be different. Landon was taunting Manuel. Oh, I'm sorry, Manuel, as the other kids laughed and pointed. Do you miss your mommy? The college student, Mary Stanton, emerged from the office, latte in one hand, cell phone in the other. What's going on here? What are you kids doing? Brianna tugged on Levi's arm. What are we supposed to do? Levi thought about the instruction he'd gotten in a horatos. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction. He knew what it meant now. The right way is not always the easy way. All the kids were laughing. Jeff grabbed his elbow and whispered, Get a load of that, huh? Levi glanced at his friends, the boys he hung out with every day. They all made fun of Manuel with his goofy red glasses and enormous satchel that he carried around. He wore old-fashioned shoes and pants that never quite made it all the way to his ankles. 
Levi didn't know why Manuel came to the wreck at all. He never did any sports or games. Levi had always laughed right along with the other kids. But looking now at the kids wrapped at the kid wrapped in toilet paper struggling on the floor, he remembered how it felt to be stuck, unable to move, helpless, while all around him those awful ents watched him, probably laughing if ents actually laughed. He imagined what all those kids would do if they had seen him struggling, and then he wondered what Ruach would say if Ruach could see him now, standing on the outside of the circle doing nothing, and watching. But Ruach probably can see me, can't he? Levi took a breath. Hey man, what are you doing? Or, hey man, where are you going? Mikey asked as Levi pushed through the crowd of onlookers to the center of the room. He stood before Landon, breathing slow, hoping no one could see how he was shaking inside. The kids around him quieted, wondering what he was up to. Get out of the way, stupid, Landon said, moving forward to push him aside. No, said Levi. Landon stared at him, surprise and anger moving over his face. Levi turned to the other kids. You really think this is funny? He looked at his skateboard. He looked at his skateboard friends. They were watching him, brows furrowed, like they thought he had gone crazy. What if you were that kid? Would you be laughing then? Silence. The kid stared at him, shocked. Miss Stanton looked shocked too. She opened her mouth, but nothing came out. I'm going to get creamed, Levi thought. Ruach's words came back to him. You have everything you need. I have everything I need, Levi repeated to himself. I don't need to be bigger or tougher or smarter. I just need to do the right thing. He glanced up, hoping to see the crest shining above Landon's head as, if, as it had before. It wasn't there, but he thought he could feel Ruach's presence around him, the glowing white hand that had warmed, I'm sorry, that had warmed his arm and healed him. He stood a little straighter. He felt a wave of something like courage flow through him. He turned toward Landon. You want to pick on someone, Landon? Levi said. Pick on me. A murmur swept through the crowd. No one moved. Except Rihanna. Yeah, she said, stepping up to Le next to Levi and folding her arms together defiantly. Me too. They stood together before the bully, unflinching. Landon's eyebrows knit together in rage. He balled his fists like he was about to take both of them out. But before he could make a move, another one of the girls came forward and stood with Levi and Brianna. Her name was Ivy, Levi remembered. 
She was about his age, though much smaller, but she stood straight at Brianna's side, her hands on her hips like she was ready for a rumble, too. Seeing the two girls stand up to the bully made the other kids shift around uneasily. For a moment, everyone was silent. But then Mikey came to stand beside Levi, then Jeff and Logan, too. One by one, more kids stepped forward, forming a circle of protection around Manuel, who was lying on the floor, peeking through the folds of toilet paper, stunned. Miss Stanton dropped her phone. There was a long moment of silence. Landon's eyes glanced around the room, flickering slightly, no longer quite so certain he was in control. He balled up his fists, his arms stiffening like he was about to explode. The bullies behind him shifted nervously. Tension hung in the air like a thick fog. Finally, Landon relaxed his fists, shaking his head. He let out a braying laugh and backed away, punching one of his friends lightly with the back of his hand. Come on, dudes, he said. Let's bounce. Landon turned slowly and strode out of the building. After a moment, his three friends followed him. Levi saw his dad standing in the doorway. The boys had to walk right past him as they left. Mr. J.R.'s eyes glowered, but his lips pursed in a settled, proud smile. Levi took a breath, his first full one in several minutes, and looked at Brianna. She grinned and hugged him. He pulled away quickly, turning to the others, who started to laugh and high-five each other as they reveled in their long overdue victory. Miss Stanton rushed forward to help Manuel off the floor and unwrap him from the toilet paper. Manuel smiled shyly at Levi. Thanks, he murmured. No problem. Levi felt lighter suddenly and older, like he'd just climbed a mountain. I know what it's like to have friends help when you need it. He glanced at Brianna, who grinned at him. You want me to call your dad, Manuel? Miss Stanton said, balling up the toilet paper. No, no, thank you. I'm fine. Manuel stood straight, adjusting his glasses, although they still looked crooked. Mr. J.R. walked up to them and put a hand on Levi's shoulder. Levi thought he saw a tear in his dad's eye. You okay, kids? Yeah said Levi. Stellar, Brianna said. Okay, and that's the end of chapter 17. Chapter 18 is called Waking Up. And I'm going to stop there for tonight, kiddos. Don't want to go too long. Hey, um, you know, this whole reading podcast thing works out really good because I don't know who's not listening, who didn't even start listening. I don't know who's listening intently. I don't know who's making noise or goofing off. And Well, for better or for worse, that allows me to just keep knocking down chapters. So we're 32 minutes into this, and I 
I got two chapters done. And I didn't fall asleep, did I? Which is a good thing. I've been struggling lately with even finishing one chapter. My goodness. Um, I apologize. I just have to read when I have more energy. But anyways, kiddos, thank you for listening. If you did, in fact, listen. And if you didn't listen, I have no clue because I'm doing a podcast. So I do want to pray um, and just praise God uh, for being such a wonderful father and for giving Miss Priscilla Shirer his creative power so she could create this cool story and put it down on paper. I really think it is such a cool story, even though I've, I've had trouble reading it just for whatever reasons. But I mean, following these kids into the spiritual realm, into, into Ahoratos, where spiritual battles are real and, uh, and how they relate to the ones we fight here on earth. It's just so cool because it's true. And Priscilla is just this, I think she's an amazing author because she's putting flesh to the heavenly realms. Kind of like, uh, that book, uh, Ninjas with Wings did. And it really is the most real place. And hopefully you're hearing that at, at, uh, ACS too. I think you said that, uh, Dr. Dr. Ron, uh, uh, Hoffman said uh, that the heavenly realms is even more real, or the spiritual realms, or I'm not sure what he called it. The heavenly realms are even more real than the earthly realms here because these earth, this earth is passing away and the heavenly realms will come to the earth and become the earth in, in eternity. So just think of that as you guys are making decisions and learning God's word and, and praying and just considering what what around us is temporary and will pass away someday and what around us or in our hearts and our minds or in the heavenlies will endure forever. And uh, God's love for you will surely endure forever and your relationship with him as it grows endures forever. And I really believe our relationships with each other will endure forever and all the friends we make and and relationships that we build. Everything else pretty much that we see is going to pass away. All our possessions, houses, trucks, guns, tools. Yes, I feel very materialistic right now because I have way more material things than you guys do. Um, hopefully I'm putting those in the right perspective and in the right uh in the right priorities. Anyways, I think you guys are getting the hang of this whole thing. Uh, but I just wanted to tell you, I love you so much. And I hope you know how much your Father in Heaven loves you too. To give you these cool stories that we've been reading the last few years. To teach you these heavenly lessons about His character and about uh, the about the heavens to come. And being in heaven and being in the next age where there is no sin or death. It's going to be so cool. But we got to learn and we got to grow together. And I, these stories, I really think, well, they're helping me grow and learn. I hope they are 
for you guys too. Let's pray, and then uh, I'm sure Mommy wants you go to go to bed. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for giving us your Son, Jesus, so that we can approach your throne of grace boldly, seeking mercy and grace in time of need. And I thank you for the grace that this book is to us, this Prince Warrior book by Priscilla Shire, and how it just paints this picture of the heavenly realms and of your Holy Spirit uh, counseling us with your word and with encouragement and with showing us uh, the right path and the right things to do, even when things are hard, even when the right path is very narrow, and even when we fail to follow that narrow path. Lord, that there's forgiveness and there's healing and there's deliverance and there's repentance, there's metanoia, which is the Greek word for repentance, the English word in the, and the Greek are so different. But Lord, that you give us a change of heart and a change of mind after we've made mistakes and learned the right way to go. Thank you, Father, so much for that gift. May we learn from each other's mistakes and grow together and not have to make every mistake to grow or not learn from our, our own mistakes at all. Um, Father, thank you so much for giving us your Holy Spirit, which you say dwells in us when we accept your Son Jesus as our Savior. Lord, help us to fill, be filled with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I, I pray that Lily and Gideon and Chrissy and Sonia and Garrison would welcome your Holy Spirit into their hearts to be counseled and to be uh, comforted by and to be given wisdom by. Lord, I pray that they, they choose out of their own will to ask your Holy Spirit to fill them and fill them with your knowledge and to listen intently to your voice and for your voice. You never leave us down, Lord. You're always there for us. Thank you so much for loving us, Lord. Father, I pray that healing would come to Papa Sloganhop's legs and that he would have some metanoia with his diet. Uh, oh, kiddos. That sugar is catching up with Papa so bad and he can't heal his leg because he just can't let go of the sugar and it just poisons his leg and makes it swell up so bad. All of this talk, you guys, about staying away from sugar and bad food is just really being demonstrated with Papa Sloganhop's leg right now. And, yeah. But Heavenly Father, we just pray that Papa would take a break from sugar and eat well and uh, and get the healing he needs for his leg so he could walk and get around better and not worry about his leg getting infected and uh, and getting sick. Uh, thank you so much, Lord. I pray that these these lessons that Papa Sloganhop is teaching through his body right now would all come to rest on us in full weight and force so that we would make good food choices and keep ourselves healthy and uh, healthy and strong 
so that we would be fully able to do all the fun things and and do all the missions that you have for us which you tell us you have a ton of missions for us to do for you for your glory and for our joy and for our fun and for our fulfillment so thank you lord help me to be a blessing to papa while i'm here help me to be a blessing to irvin and joanna and lord god i just pray that uh, we would all dwell in harmony and peace and and uh and bring you glory lord bless the kiddos and mommy as i'm gone lord i pray that they would uh help each other and bless each other and keep each other keep each other safe and uh and love each other love each other sacrificially love each other forgivingly and charitably Oh, Lord, we don't deserve each other's forgiveness, but you command us to give it still, just like you gave us your forgiveness through your son, Jesus, Lord. Thank you so much. Help us to be like you and help us to be obedient in that forgiveness that you command us to give toward each other. Lord, help the kiddos to get good sleep. Thank you so much for Mary Melissa being a super awesome wife and a a super mom. And um, bless her and help her to get rest. Help all the kids to get rest. And Jesus, thank you for this prayer. I was kind of preaching too. But regardless, I love you and I thank you so much for saving me. And uh, we ask all these things in your mighty name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Night-night, kiddos. Love you very much.